He was the 2007 Most Outstanding Player in the Canadian Football League, and he led the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to the Grey Cup that same year, ending a very lengthy drought. He went on to play with the Toronto Argonauts and went through one H-E double hockey sticks. Yes, Davis Sanchez, there I go again with that. Uh, with his time with the Argos, uh, battling for playing time with Michael Bishop, Kerry Joseph, the one, the only, joins us on the Waggle and looking back on his time playing in the CFL. Well, joined by a face and a voice that everybody, if you're a Canadian Football League fan, you would definitely be familiar with this man. We're talking about a former most outstanding player in 2007, a man who uh, helped hoist the Grey Cup for uh, Ryder Nation uh, in 2007. A great game there as well. Kerry Joseph, how are you, man? How Down in Louisiana, what, what are you doing these days? Set the, paint the picture for us. I'm doing well. I'm actually back at McNeese State University where I played my college football uh, in my second year coaching uh, the receivers. So I'm actually, my title is co-offensive coordinator receiver coach uh, back in Lake Charles, Louisiana. And, uh, and, and what's, what do you find the biggest adjustment is being going from player to coach? You know what? The biggest thing is just uh, understanding and really teaching this, this new generation of athletes. Uh, when I say new, uh, it's just a generation of athletes where uh, there's a lot of entitlement and uh, just dealing with uh, different young men at the college level from all different walks of life. You know, some of them families are different and uh, come from different family situations. So there's certain ways that you've got to be able to handle these young men uh, and, and then you know, understanding the talent that they have. But when you're dealing with the college level, you got the academics. So those things are the biggest challenges outside of coaching the game of football. But it's a lot of fun because you know you have an opportunity to impact some young men, not only now, but for the future. So when do you feel like an old man then? I don't know. I ain't got there yet. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you because I still, I still get up. I'm normally getting my, my 530, 6 o'clock. I'm getting me a workout in, uh, whether it's running and lifting, trying to get that taken care of before our 8 o'clock staff meeting. So I'm not there yet, so I'm not going to say that word just yet. Okay, so no, but I, but in terms of relating to, to that younger generation where I'm sure you probably, like it wasn't that long ago that you were in a locker room as a player and you were still probably relating to today's current athlete because you were that guy not long ago. So what do you find the biggest difference in, in terms of dealing with, uh, I guess, the new generation of athletes that are coming up here from a college ranks? I think these athletes want a lot of things given to them uh and they want it they want it now you know that that i think this this generation now is a true definition of microwave generation because they want instant results now and don't understand the process that it takes to get to you know to be successful uh a lot of a lot of young men enjoy the game of football i probably love the game of football but they don't love the process and just trying to get them to understand is a process. It's a growing process. It was a process for me to go from high school to college to to professional level, and to get them to understand is a process from for them going from their first year in university to their fourth year, and 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 how to to enjoy that process, but also love that process and not just love the game for game night. Can you believe it's been ten years since 
You took the Riders to the Grey Cup, and you were the MOP that year? I know. I thought about that. Uh, it was uh, for the Labor Day. You know, my that video always comes up for the Labor Day Classic, and I thought about it. I said, man, it's been, I told my wife, it's been 10 years since we was in, uh, in, in, in the Rogers Center in Toronto. And she was like, I know. You know, it goes by fast. It goes by. But, hey, those memories feel like yesterday. It's crazy how time flies, really. It's uh, the gray hair on my head certainly reminds me of that uh, over the last few years. With, uh, with my, or, or at least my kids remind me of that from time to time. My no hair continues to remind me. <laughs> <laughs> we will get along just fine then, KJ. Here we go. That's uh, it. Uh, but you know, what, do you, what do you remember about the experience of that run for... You know, you think of that fan base that had just starving and just wanting to love and embrace a winner where they had been through so much um, and to see it finally all come together. What what do you remember most about nearing that finish line or getting to that point? You know, it was one was just a fan base starving, starving for that championship again, you know, starving for number three. Uh, and you just, you, you know, I think back about the Labor Day Classic game. I think that was a pivotal point in our season. I think about the blackout game against Edmonton. Uh, you know, you, you think about those moments that you feel, you know what, I think it's, it, the tide is turning in our favor. And then you go into the playoffs, and you think about going into the Grey Cup game, uh, and, and Kevin Glenn gets hurt, unfortunately, for, for Winnipeg. And we go into a team that's real hot, but they lose their starting quarterback. You know, and then you get into Toronto, and it was just amazing. And, you know, my family, my mom, my uh, my wife, who was just a friend of mine at the time, uh, just to see the sea of green, of they couldn't believe the Ryder fans that was that had, that had bombarded the city of Toronto. It was just amazing. You know, everywhere you went, it was just green. And you know, those moments that those are just lifetime memories that just uh, just etched into your memory bank, into your mind. And then, and then all of a sudden, you were an Argo. <laughs> it's crazy how quickly all of a sudden yeah. that happens. Um, before before we dive into the Toronto, because I, I want to talk about some of the parallels that's happening right now, presently in the CFL, and for what you went through from your time in Toronto. But um, do you still do you still keep tabs of what's going on with the league? I do a little bit, not as much, you know, because I'm so busy either in my office working, trying to put plans together, or you know, with college here. Uh, recruiting is so heavy, uh, so I don't get a chance too much to uh, to really follow it as much as I want to. Uh, but I do keep tabs on some guys, like you know the, the Darian Durant. Uh, I have one a good friend of mine I actually played here where I'm coaching at Magnet, Deontay Spencer, who we actually from the same hometown. So some people that I still want to follow, and uh, and with Cavis being a new GM in, in Montreal, you know you just want to see how things are going. Yeah, and, and he's really starting to find a fit uh, with the Red Blacks, uh, really coming on strong here, uh, especially with Brad Sinopoli out for the year. It might uh, really open up some uh, opportunities for him uh, down the stretch here come playoff time for uh, for Ottawa and, and, uh, and Spencer. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think of the Canadian Football League, and I've said this numerous times here on this podcast, where I don't know if there's any league that compares to the CFL that there is no league that defines what have you done for me lately more than the CFL where 
You can be a most outstanding player. You can be the best player in the league one year, and within less than a year, you can almost be out of the league or out of a job. And you see that for so many players. But would you not agree with that assessment? Like, it really doesn't matter what you've done the year before, does it? I totally, I totally agree with that, and it, it really doesn't. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's one of those leagues that you better make sure you're on point. And sometimes you could be on point doing well, and next thing you know, you're out of there. Uh, and it's just the the nature of the beast uh, in that league. Uh, so you know, I t- you tell guys, you know, it's 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 only so many Americans that they can keep on a roster. So every day, every year, you got to fight for that job, and you really got to hit that restart button at the end of every year. You know, you got to hit that restart button, and sometimes you really you got to hit it at the end of every week. Well, the cr- things change and happen so quickly. So you come into Toronto after being the MOP and winning a Grey Cup, and it was, and you kind of had to deal with that right from the get-go. And I and I look at what's happening right now with Kevin Glenn and Brandon Bridge in with the Riders presently, and it's you know Kevin Glenn seems to be on a short leash. They give him the hook for the last few weeks and put in Brandon Bridge if they need to mix it up, but it's a pretty short leash for KG these days. You had to go through something like that with. Michael Bishop there and it was how hard was that as a quarterback when you're going through that week to week and then you've got everybody asking about this whole quarterback controversy I mean you guys were on the same team but it sure probably didn't feel like that at times when you were kind of going through all that did it it really did you know that was a lot of tension in there because you got to think about it when I got traded there uh, Michael was 11-1 as a starter that year because they lost to Winnipeg in the Eastern Finals. Oh, and a lot of people on that team had a lot of respect for him. And then I get sent over there. So now you got two starting quarterbacks. So there's some people in favor of Kerry Joseph, some people in favor of Michael Bishop. And I'm the type of guy, I'm not going to try to win people onto my side. You know, so it was a lot of tension in there. And, you know, things, I tried to work with him and it was, sometimes it was a little tough, you know, because I felt people, was pulling against me to pull for him, you know, and myself and all and Bruce, we found ourselves getting into it a couple of times and it was just a lot. It was a bad situation for the Argos and for just for individuals uh, and ourselves, you know, but as a professional, you just got to roll your sleeves up and go to work every day. And you try to put your eyes uh, to the side and, and go to battle and try to win some football games. But unfortunately, I think it was just too far, uh, it was too far gone. It was a lot of separation in that Argo locker room, and it just made for a lot of bad blood. Was it really that divisive? Yeah, it, it, it was. <laughs> and how did how did how did Michael approach it with you? You know, he really didn't, we 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 really didn't hang along. We didn't hang out to say we was in the same quarterback room. I didn't care to be around him. You know, it was just some things that I heard uh, that, that mashed up. You know, and when I found out what went down and I put two and two together, you know, I felt that I had people stabbing me in my back. And I'm the type of person when I feel you're trying to do that and I don't have that trust, I don't have too much to say. I'm going to work with you. I'm going to do my best. You know, if he was playing, I'm going to coach you up. I'm going to help you be successful. But I don't have to hang with you. And uh, and that that that's the type of relationship it was. So tell me this. Yeah. Having, having been through a situation like that, now, what would you say to, to, I guess, players that you coach that would have to go through something like that where 
they're competing for a job. It may not necessarily be at the quarterback position. Maybe it's at a receiver spot or, or a running back position or wherever it may be. How, how would you approach it to, to young players having bid to something like that, that was as, uh, which was as probably mentally uh, anguishing as, as anything, having to go through that sort of battle? You know what? I, I tell them the same way. I kind of share my experiences with those kids and, uh, and, and just come from the heart and tell them everybody's not going to like you. You know, uh, but one thing that you guys, I, I, I really embody my guys to compete every day, you know, and I challenge them every day. Uh, and, I, and I try to tell them, look, everybody's not going to get along, you know, but I expect my guys in my room to get along because that's their position. Uh, and I tell them, don't take anything personal, you know, just compete because that's life. I try to relate things to life. I say, man, in life, you're going to have to compete. You're going to have to compete for jobs. You're going to have to compete for a whole bunch of things. That's life. Life is about competition. Uh, but at the same time, I try to, you know, one thing we preach here at Magnesia is about family. You know, and you think about it, not everybody in your family get along, but it's still family. We can talk about our family, but nobody from the outside can talk about our family. We can have a disagreement inside of our family, but you can't come from the outside and try to break our family apart. That's what we, we, we that's what we hang our hat on here at Magnese. And that's what we continue to preach daily is there will be some misunderstanding in this house. There will be some misunderstandings in the locker room, but it's family. And once it's over with, it's over with. You talk it out, you hug each other, you know, and then you go to work. And that's what you have to do in the in the in the sport that we're in, the profession that we're in, that's what you have to do. So do these players that you coach now, do they realize what a beast you were in Canada for so many years? Uh, you know what? I don't. I, I try. I try not to. I try not to talk too much about that. But some of them will come back after YouTube and some videos and things like that, and they'll come back with some like, "Man, coach, I saw this and I saw that," and you know. And I try to tell them. I said, you know, I, I, I challenge them a little bit. I said, "Don't don't let don't let the nice guy fool you." Now, I said, "I can be a nice guy off the field, but on the field, it was time to do battle." So uh, I share a little bit with them and just just try to encourage them. But I try to not make it about me. I try to just get them to understand, you know, what it takes if you want to have that opportunity to play at that next level. I try to let them know it's not easy. I was a blessed and lucky one. Uh, but it takes a lot of hard work. Because I tell them I wasn't the most talented, but you weren't going to outwork me. You know, so I try to share a little bit of, uh, of, that, of that aspect with those young men. You know, I'm sure you were probably the same way you know, some, many moons ago, some 15 years ago, when somebody said to you, hey, uh, you ever think about playing up in Canada? Um I mean, do, do you share that as an option to, to players that might be finishing up their time at school and where the NFL may not necessarily be the attainable dream? Yes, I do. I really do. Because I tell them, I say, man, y'all got to understand. And I kind of hold it against them a little bit to make sure they do the right things. You know, and I tell them it's, life is about trust. Uh, and you got to understand it's about character, it's about integrity. And I say, I have a good friend of mine that coached me, but it's like a brother to me that's a GM in Montreal. I said, so you guys got to understand, I'm not going to sell him a dud. I'm not going to sell him someone that I know won't be the meetings on time, going to cause all kind of problems, get in trouble. I said, because how is it going to look at me being his brother, look at me like, man, KJ, I can't believe you sent that guy to me. I said, so you guys got to do the right thing. You got to help me help you by doing all the right things. I said, and, you know, I tell him, I don't ask you to be perfect, but the NFL is not for everybody. And not everybody's going to make it in the NFL. There's a there's a league in Canada, 
and I feel some of your guys can be successful in that league and play a long time. I said, so I'll, I'll do anything to help you guys, but you got to help me help you. And uh, so I, I really share I share that to them about it. And, you know, we got some quarterbacks that come to me and ask me how was it playing in Canada, and, you know, how difficult it was with the motion and, you know, the reads and things like that. So, you know, I, I do get some players that want to know more about the league. Well, listen, it was uh, some great memories, and, and listen, great to hear, uh, great to catch up again here after all this time. I'm glad to hear things are going really well for you uh, back home in Louisiana. It's funny how things come full circle in life, isn't it? It really is, you know, and I'm, I'm glad to be here. And like I said, you know, I, I, get, a, I get a chance now to embrace the opportunity to share with these young men uh, the success that I've had. And, and just get all the knowledge all the knowledge back to these young men and give them a chance to be successful and and if uh for for fans of yours that were uh that that were rocking the the kj jerseys across the uh, across the canadian football league if people still want to connect with you or try to follow you uh, are you on social media at all are you on twitter or instagram or on on facebook at all yes yeah, so i'm on i'm on facebook uh i'm on instagram at carrie joseph four and also i uh, no, i take it back I'm on Twitter as Kerry Joseph Four. Instagram is K T as in uh as in Troy. K T Joseph twenty eight on Instagram. K T Joseph on twenty eight, the number twenty eight. Twenty eight and that's where that's where you're at on Instagram. Yeah. Right. And then on Twitter Twitter is Kerry Joseph Four. Hey Kerry Joseph Four. Okay. Well, there you go. So we can we can check in and, and keep up. You're clearly not a, a young player uh, like today because they would clearly know their uh, Instagram and social media handles a lot better than you know it right now, Kerry. So get it together. Come to on, honest, Coach. Get it together. Come on, Coach. To be honest with you, the only reason I, I, I use it a lot is for recruiting, to keep up with my recruits. <laughs> social media these days, that's the best way to keep up with your recruits. Oh, I bet. I bet. Well, listen, you uh, – Listen, congratulations on everything. Uh, it was a wonderful and quite the roller coaster journey as a pro football player here in Canada for so many years. And I'm glad things are working out for you in your post career coaching and now giving back to, to the young players. And perhaps we might see the next generation of a Kerry Joseph up here in the CFL in the not too distant future. Congrats for everything. Thanks for sharing the story, and I appreciate it. And uh, and all the best the rest of the way at McNeese State. Okay. All right. Thank you. Y'all have a good one. All right. The one and the only Kerry Joseph joining us here on the Waggle. That's Kerry Joseph looking back on his time in the Canadian Football League and certainly glad to catch up with Kerry Joseph. Always a class act, great guy to talk to. And I think if you asked most of his teammates over the years, a lot of guys would have high praise about KJ during his time here in the CFL. Don't forget, you can always find us in iTunes. Click subscribe. It's free and a fresh new episode of The Waggle goes to your device, whether it's a tablet, whether it's a smartphone, whatever it may be, each and every week. My name is James Sabalski. You can find me on Twitter at James Sabalski, and we will catch up next week right here on The Wave.